When this happened, you talked about it on the fan. Testaverde will take the snap, go to one knee. This game is over. The Jets lock up their first playoff appearance since 1991 on a 21-16 victory over the Miami Dolphins. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Reaction to Saturday and Sunday with still two games left to play of this super wild card weekend. We got Steelers, Bills, Eagles, Bucks later today. But we focused on what we've seen so far and mainly terrible games, except for last night, where, as Peter Schwartz just said in the update, for the first time since 1991, the Detroit Lions won a playoff game in their building. Uh, hosted the first one in 30 years and now have won their first playoff game since 1991, putting the Miami Dolphins on the clock as the last team to win a playoff game in the year 2000 after they got embarrassed and didn't show up in Kansas City. And the Cleveland Browns didn't show up against the Texans. And C.J. Stroud is just... Man, if you don't if you don't look at C.J. Stroud and think the Giants should do everything to draft a quarterback, I think you're nuts. That is that is that is how you build a football team. He changes everything. Last year, oh, the Giants offensive line. You think the Texans offensive line stunk last year. They didn't do anything to make it any better. They got a they got a young quarterback who's an absolute stud and it's changed everything. That's what the Giants need. But we focused a lot on what the Cowboys need because yeah, Miami didn't show and two is a problem. Miami didn't show and two is a problem. And Cleveland didn't show and Flacco's not the answer, although it's a nice story. But nobody no-shows better. Nobody does it more spectacularly. Nobody does it better than the Dallas Cowboys and Dak Prescott, who absolutely got run out of their building, a building they haven't lost in in forever. Week one of last year, they own this building. They dominate in this building. C.D. Lamb and Dak Prescott dominate in this building, and they didn't even know which way was up. Dak was awful in this game, and as bad as he was, the defense was far, far worse. An embarrassing performance from the Cowboys, an embarrassing performance from this defense. Dan Quinn, he might get the job in Seattle. I don't know how the hell you could give him this job now. He was awful today. McCarthy was awful. Dak was awful. And yeah, Love was good, and the Packers played well, but ultimately, I think that's a secondary story. Because when you watch this team collapse like this and you see things that were just easy for them all year, Dak to Lamb was a guaranteed week in and week out. And they didn't know which way was up. They were completely lost out there. And this defense had guys running free all over the place. Love made a couple of great throws, no doubt. Played very well. Not trying to take anything away. They ran the ball great. They took the ball to start the game, went down the field, and scored a touchdown and completely shook the Cowboys. Completely knocked them off their game. And everything went to suit since. Uh, obviously, the pick six, the two interceptions from Dak early on were killers, but that defense was just atrocious. And now it's time to 
clean house. We all know it. The only question is, do I get to break the news in the next hour or does it wait till the morning show? Because you know he is gone. Mike McCarthy is no longer the head coach of the Cowboys. They are cleaning house. And you know what? I think they should probably clean house with the quarterback too. Dak Prescott, I understand MVP for a lot of this year, had a great, tremendous year. Inside an offense, the play calling of Mike McCarthy changed there a little bit. The From what they were last year, the picks went down. I know he was injured a lot last year, but the picks went down. Touchdowns went up. Him and Lamb were just devastatingly good, and especially in that building. But when the light shines bright, this guy just doesn't have it consistently. Year in and year out, this is the game you can't lose. This is, as Jerry Jones quite perfectly said, this is about as bad and bitter and disappointing a loss that they've had, and they've had 30 years of it since the early 90s. They have been a, a just an atrocious playoff franchise year in and year out. They have had difficult loss after difficult loss, but I don't know if any can rival losing this week when they were the number two seed, guaranteed two home games in a crappy NFC. Let's be honest. The Lions are pretty good, but the Eagles have completely fallen off. The Bucks stink, and they would have had two home games, another home game, and wouldn't have had to obviously play the Niners until the championship game, and maybe the Niners will get picked off. Who knows? This was the year to get back to the NFC championship game. It was the year, and the idea that they fell apart like this in week one in the wild card weekend, as the two seed in their building where they don't lose against a very flawed team. I'm sorry. I know they played well, and I know everyone's going to throw them their flowers today, and love is unbelievable, and he's a franchise quarterback, and you know he's better than Aaron Rodgers, and what an indictment it is for Rodgers, and we'll get to that. We did earlier. We'll get to that more throughout the week probably. Oh, what an indictment on Rodgers. <laughs> the Green Bay Packers, were, they knew it. They knew it. They were so smart. And, yeah, listen, they, that's a good decision to move on. If they got love, it's time to move on. That makes sense. But let's not try and make it seem like Rodgers sucks or that because love has taken this team further than Rodgers. The coach is a year more experienced. He had a great game plan against the team that decided not to show up. And we'll see what happens with the 49ers. But immediately... Everything changes for the Cowboys, the coach and the quarterback, because you can't continue to do this. You can't continue to year in and year out perform like this, and then when the lights are brightest, lose the one thing, and this is the biggest indictment for me, and they brought it up a lot on the broadcast, and I've just been talking about it a lot. For me, the idea that that tandem of of Dak and Lamb that have been so devastating all year what, the Packers play some sort of innovative defense in this game that they've never seen before? How in the world is their best ability to get C.D. Lamb the ball down the field? That's their biggest strength and the easiest thing they do. And during this game, they were lost on how to go about what they do the best. And that just is straight up, straight up, shrinking in the big moment. And this is what they do. This is so on brand. It's unbelievable. It's hard to believe how obvious this was. 
Because I honestly, I thought this game would not be a problem for them. I thought maybe moving forward, they were going to have a downfall one way or another because that's what they do. But to do it in wildcard weekend as the two seed in a home game against a team that Tommy DeVito beat is embarrassing. And now you have to question everything. And immediately, of course, the questions are, not if, but when Bill Belichick will be announced as the next coach of the Dallas Cowboys, and I wouldn't be so I wouldn't be so quick to announce that. And quite honestly, I don't think it's the best option for the Cowboys. Obviously, he's the greatest coach of all time, but I do think there's an element. And I understand, you know, maybe he could follow in the footsteps of Bill Parcells, his mentor, and go finish his career with Dallas. But ultimately, it didn't work that well for Bill, and I'm not sure how it will work for Belichick. And ultimately, Belichick is now coming off being the leader of the franchise, the unquestioned leader of the franchise. And even if he's willing to acquiesce the the GM duties, which obviously he would have to, and quite honestly, the Cowboys have done a far better job than he has over the last few years of drafting and developing their players. Uh, The Cowboys roster is far superior. They've done a much better job. They just can't coach, and they can't seem to show up in big games. And he would fix that because no Belichick-led team would show up and give that performance. That you can guarantee. But I could just see the headaches of a guy who's had nothing but running the show stepping in with Jerry. He would understand the situation getting into it. He would know what he has to do. But ultimately, it just seems like for a tail end of a career story, I don't know if I like it as much as some other options because there are coaches out there right now, and namely Vrabel for me, who is younger, who is a tremendous head coach in this league right now, who's familiar with working with the GM and dealing with all that, and someone who, quite honestly, you could build around, and someone who is right now, maybe not for the course of his career, but right now I feel almost as confident in is going to give you – look at how the the, the Titans play in big games. They had a miserable season this year. They've had no quarterback play, and yet they've consistently – you know, they've made playoffs. They've been a one seed. They've won playoff games. They beat Bill Belichick and the Patriots one year in the postseason, and – What do they do? Jaguars, end of the season, need to win a game to win a division. They show up and win that game. This is one of the better coaches in the NFL. And for me, if I were the Cowboys, of course, you talk to Bill Belichick, you consider Bill Belichick. I think Vrabel is the better option for Dallas. I think he's obviously younger. He's, 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 He's an excellent coach. He gets his team up for you know every single game. He's done a remarkable job out there in, in Tennessee. I can't believe he's on the market. That would be the coach I would look to build with. Not try and add, get Bill Belichick his one last non-Brady Super Bowl so he can justify it or you know try and sell tickets to the game where he's going to beat Shula for the record. It's a, he's, he's still a great coach, and I understand the temptation to do it, and I'm not saying it would be a disaster. I just think there's a better option out there, remarkably, amazingly, considering all the you know the different variations of head coaches in this league. The idea that Bill Belichick, in my mind, is not the best available head coach, or at least not the best option for a team looking to move forward. I mean, I understand Dallas is, is considered that perfect situation. They're looking to win now. They're tired of losing. They want to win a championship or at least get back to the championship game in the next year or two. That's what they're trying to do. And Belichick would be like a short-term perfect thing. But when Vrabel is out there and he's as good a head coach as there is in this league, and you can have him now and for a long time here for the long stretch, I think Vrabel's probably the better option, and that would be something more I'd be interested in 
uh, than uh, than uh, going to Bill Belichick here. Quite honestly, if I'm the Cowboys, but they are going to be looking for a new head coach. We know that everything's gone, and honestly, I think they should be looking for a new quarterback. You can't pay him. Dak's contract ends next year. There was all the speculation he was going to look for a contract extension off of this unbelievable season where he was the favorite in the MVP race for a long time of it. Not now. Not when he plays like this in every big spot. I shouldn't say every big spot because last year he was great in the wild card round. I thought, like, I thought he was moving. I thought they were beyond getting tripped up in the first round. I really did, as stupid as I was. I was on them. I picked them. I bet them. I bet them again when they would, when after the first touchdown, I, I, I got them at five and a half instead of seven and a half after the first touchdown. I thought they were going to come back and, and do what they do in that building and score points and be a dominant football team. Instead, you got one of the more embarrassing performances we've ever seen. 877-337-6666. We got a couple of them. Cleveland was embarrassing. Miami and Tua, you want to talk about a quarterback issue. Uh, let's be totally honest. Tua can't throw the ball. If it's cold, the elements are the way they were. He had a tough time throwing the ball in that game. That offense had a tough time moving the ball against a good a good Kansas City team and a good Kansas City defense, arguably the best defense that Patrick Mahomes has had. And so, you know, right now you're wondering, can Patrick Mahomes in this much maligned offense that hasn't gotten together, has no weapons, no wide receivers, can they can they ride with their defense and roll with their defense through the playoffs here? But Miami it was just had no chance to win that football game. And quite honestly, I know they have a great system. They have a great offensive coach. They have a lot of speed on that team. They've done a remarkable job with that offense. But Tua is starting to feel like a quarterback that fits that system and can make a couple of nice throws and, you know, give give it to Hill and let him run for 80 yards. But when it comes to it, when you're looking for your quarterback in the wind, in the bad weather, in the rain, to step up and throw the ball down the field, the way Stafford threw the ball down the field last night or the way Goff threw the ball or the way, obviously, Patrick Mahomes can throw the ball or Stroud has emerged on the scene and started to throw the ball. When you need your quarterback to step up and make those game-winning, game-changing plays, Tua can't do it. He doesn't have the ability. And Dak, for whatever reason, doesn't seem to have the guts, for lack of a better term. So we learned a lot about the quarterbacks. We learned a lot about Stroud. We learned a lot about Tua. We learned a lot about Dak. We learned a lot about the quarterbacks in this league. And Stafford, too, is incredible. And Puka Nakua, that guy, is he was impossible to tackle. So we had a bunch of miserable games, one good one, but a lot to talk about here. Impacts the team with Aaron Rodgers, as apparently, you know, that's an indictment on Rodgers that somehow the Packers were able to win a game against the Bears last week and beat a Cowboys team that didn't want to show up. But somehow that's a big indictment on what Aaron Rodgers is. And, you know, the four-time MVP suddenly is just not nearly as good. And Love was able to do things he wasn't able to do. Ha, 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 Jet fans. Don't listen to him. Don't listen to him, Jet fans. You're just fine. You're in the warm embrace of Aaron Rodgers. You'll be good. Don't worry about it. Just takes time. 877-337-6666. Jesse in Queens. What's up, Jesse? Hey, Chris. What's up? How's everything? Um... I'm a Giants fan, but I'm, I'm a, it's interesting how Dallas has collapsed. And, um, you know, one of the faults of Jerry Jones is he's very arrogant and he thinks he knows everything. You know, I would, if I were him, I would talk to Jimmy and bring him on in an advisory role. Who? Maybe as a, I talked to Jimmy Johnson to bring him back as, a, as an advisor. 
you know, because yeah. I I don't, well, because say, because he had a, a rousing halftime speech to the television camera. No, I just think Jimmy Johnson has a lot of knowledge and can actually help the Cowboys. I think I think Joey Jones is very arrogant and thinks he knows everything, and this is the, the Cowboys' downfall. I mean, this is why they they don't win. Yeah, I mean, I, I hate I hate to say this, uh, Jesse. I, I got to be honest. I don't put this on Jerry Jones. I really don't. I know may, may, maybe Cowboy fans have. It's been a long time. With Jerry Jones, and there have been times where maybe it's more on him. I think they put together a pretty good roster. And he hired a, a Super Bowl winning head coach, whose head coach honestly took over the play calling this year and put a lot of pressure on himself and flourished. And the offense was far better this year. And Dak, Pros- Dak, Pre- Dak Prescott completely you know, ra- raised his game over the course of this year, and they became a dominant team at home. I don't. I don't know what Jerry Jones has to do with this team and the coaching staff not showing up. Dan Quinn has been hailed as one of the best defensive coordinators in the league. It sounded like up until this game, and I'm curious if it's going to change that he was, you know, going to be the, that he's going to be the next head coach in Seattle. After you know leading their t- their defense, being their defensive coordinator through those through the Super Bowl years. Like I. I don't know what Dane I don't know what Jerry Jones did here. I think they've got a good I think his son is a is actually better at, at at running the team and and drafting and developing players and being the GM than you think. I think he's actually pretty good at it. I think the team I mean they've won 12 games 3 years in a row. They're the first team in NFL history to win 12 or more games 3 consecutive years and not make a championship game in those 3 years. I mean they do everything but play well in the big moment. They won the division. They got the two seed. They were guaranteed two home games to the championship game. I mean, they did everything you could possibly ask them to do. The offense was great. Uh, Dak and Lamb were incredible, even with a disappointing run game. And Pollard was one of the more disappointing players in the league, quite honestly. I mean, he was supposed to have a monster season, if you believe, you know, fantasy and all that. Like, everything you read, he was going to have a monster year. He was very disappointing. And this past game... And the defense and the ability to create pressure got you 12 wins in a division title. And yet, in the big moment, they are just awful. This was as pitiful a performance as we've seen. Like, And they've had a, a couple of doozies. Miami didn't show up. This was embarrassing. Cleveland had a terrible day and let C.J. Stroud and then you know Flacco threw a couple of pick sixes to make it really ugly. But this was worse. They had guys running free. The defense was, I mean, just absolutely run over. To me, the moment of the game where, I mean, it's probably lost already, but honestly, for me, the real, where it became an absolute embarrassment defensively was after the first drive of the second half. So they're driving, he throws the pick six to make it 27-0, right? Disaster. But after that, they go down the field, they score a touchdown, the Cowboys. They get the ball to start the second half, they drive down the field again, Ultimately, they fall short of the touchdown. They kick the field goal 10 points uh, in in two drives. Last of the first, first of the second half. Now it's 27-10. I mean, 17 points, and you've just really got underway in the third quarter. That's not, that's not crazy. You're back in the game on some level. right? It's still going to be a tough, tale, a tough ask, but you're right in the game. If you get a stop there, and they have to punt the ball back to you, now you're driving, going to make it, uh, you know, a one-score game. 
Theoretically, no, it would still make it nine. You're going to make it a, a nine, uh, a, a ten point game, a, a nine point game. You're still, you're going to make it. Like you're driving with the ball, third quarter. You're right in the game. Instead, that defense allows Green Bay to go right down the field. I mean, right down the field. Eight yard run, twenty five yard pass, boom, 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 right in the end zone. That was when I said this defense isn't bad. That was the game. And that's where it became a laugher. And that's where it became, what the hell is going on with this defense? They went right down the field. And someone tweeted, I mean, what do you expect? They've been on the field the entire game. They had, the Cowboys had a long, a long drive. Then they had halftime. Then the Cowboys had another long drive. The defense wasn't on the field for probably an hour and a half. And they got back on the field and embarrassed themselves. What a terrible game from that Cowboy defense. Unbelievable. Call us, 877-337-6666. Powered by Paramount+. Plus. Stream the NFL on CBS live on Paramount+. Plus. So, you know, the other night with uh, Kansas City, Miami, in the freezing cold, we did get another visual that will, you know, last forever. Much like Tom Coughlin in the championship game in two thousand in January of two thousand eight, or right, January of two thousand eight, I believe so. Uh in Green Bay for that championship game when it was just unbelievably cold and his face was just completely red and raw. If you didn't get a chuckle out of looking at the icicles hanging off of Andy Reid's mustache, then something is wrong with you. I mean, that was just classic. <laughs> Look at all the, just the icicles all over his mustache was just, it was just tremendous. It was like the perfect, it was the perfect way to try and, how cold is it? Let's take a look at Andy's mustache. We'll get a good, we'll get a good read for what kind of temperature we have. Oh, look, look at that pun. I didn't even mean it. We'll get a good read from Andy Reed. I mean, I know everyone's obviously going nuts about, uh, Taylor Swift and being shown on TV. You saw Kelsey's, all the guys' heads are on, are smoking. You can see how cold it is. Nothing, nothing was more entertaining in that game. No amount of swaying back and forth from Taylor Swift, which people just get crazy about now. The idea that everyone's annoyed by this, who cares? Who cares how many times they show her on TV? We get it. I know. It was actually a sweet jacket, by the way. Love the jacket. That jersey jacket, it might be like a new trend. Start like a, I would rock a I would rock like a giant jersey jacket. Oh really? Kyle Uschek's wife made them. Nice. Yeah, they look they look cool. So I would do that. But like, there was no more entertaining sight. Nothing made me chuckle more. Nothing entertained me more. Not the game, that's for sure. It was Andy Reid's mustache, and it reminded me of Tom Coughlin and how when it's that cold out, man, things happen. And apparently, this game. I know the weather uh, was was supposed to be like blizzard conditions, so they moved uh, the Buffalo game. But it's it's you know at four thirty. I'm looking at it right now. Four thirty. It's gonna it's gonna be seventeen degrees, but it's going to feel like one. And then at five, it's gonna feel like minus two. And there might even be some snow in the forecast. So we still might get a game worthy of uh, you know a little winter weather if everybody's you know. And I, I can't believe how many people were annoyed. 
Like, it was absolutely the right thing. I find it hard to believe anybody would really be annoyed. Did you see they were showing video of the field uh, at 1 o'clock when it would have been game time? You, I mean, you can't ask people to drive in that, man. It's zero, it's zero visibility blizzard with two feet of snow, that lake snow coming off the, the lake. Like, you can't, with gusts of winds as high as they were going to be, like, you just can't do it. Can't have it. And I'm not sure, as much as we all love snow games, right? We all love it. It, it hurts the game a little bit on that kind of level. I mean, the, the quality of play, would it was that bad. So they made the right decision. Right. That's the thing. Like, you might lo- you first turn it on, you go, oh, this is awesome. Let me look at this. Look at this. Look, honey, come here. Look at the snow. Oh, this is so cool. And then when nobody gets a first down for an hour and a half, and you're just like, yeah, this sucks. Like, yeah, this game sucks. Go throw it down the field. Come on, Allen, you bum. Another bum, this Josh Allen. I knew it. See, Giants have no idea what they're doing. This this is who they drafted, and that's going to be we'll we'll see something too. Especially now, that's going to be a talking point for me a little bit. Like as as we move forward here, and Josh Allen hopefully goes through the playoffs or gets eliminated. I've been going on and on about the Giants drafting a quarterback, and this is the team that drafted Josh Allen, at least part of it, and helped develop Josh Allen. They traded up to get their guy, and that's what I want them to do now. And hopefully, as we watch Josh Allen, and we know how good he is, and hopefully he plays well, and the Bills can play well, and I think they will. More evidence that you handed over to these two gentlemen. Go get a quarterback. This is what they do. The Giants absolutely should trade up and do whatever they can. That should be their only focus right now, is they're watching the playoffs, and they're watching C.J. Stroud, and they're watching their own Josh Allen, and you're watching pretty much quarterbacks run the day, and the ones who aren't any good fall by the wayside. Even love. You have to draft. You need a quarterback. Daniel Jones is not it. Daniel Jones is more Dak Prescott than he is C.J. Stroud. You have to draft a quarterback. So right now, the only thing, the if I'm the Giants, if I'm Joe Shane and Brian Dable, the only thing I'm focused on is how do I make sure I get a quarterback? How do I move up? How do I secure the guy I want? That's it. And then once that moment happens and it and it, they can't get that guy, they can't trade up, they can't do whatever, then you, then you pivot. But right now they should be hell-bent on figuring out, one, who they want, and two, how to get them. Plain and simple. Nothing else should be at the forefront. That's 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 the that's the Giants draft. Which quarterback do we like? How do we make sure we get him? 877-337-6666. Uh, Peter in White Plains. What's up, Pete? Hey, um, I want to just give you a stat and then hang up and hear your reaction. Sure. I mean, I know the Jets are on a historic run of not making the playoffs. Correct. But I looked this up. When it got to 34-10 in that game, I got bored and I got on my phone. Mm-hmm. And I looked up this stat. Since the Cowboys won the Super Bowl in 96, yep. the Jets have won seven playoff games. Right. The Cowboys have won five. Yep. Yeah, well, I mean, they had the they had the the back to back runs of the, to the championship game. Yeah, no, that's what the that the the Cowboys have been an atrocious playoff football team for forever. I mean, it's just it's it. This is nothing new. It's been like this since '95, since that great team, since that great run, since those you know championships, since those Super Bowl championships. They've been terrible. They've been terrible. And the Jets have actually won, you know, they won a sneaky amount of games because they were, you know, they won 
They won a couple rounds each year, those two years. They have more than the... I saw Evan tweet out, now that they have, they have five wins, five playoff wins since the last time the Dolphins have won a playoff game. For all you Dolphin fans out there who like to pick on the Jets. Five, five playoff victories for the Jets since the last time the Miami Dolphins have won a playoff game. Now they are the longest drought in the NFL since the year 2000. Six games. I'm sorry. I thought Evan said five. Six. Six playoff games since 2000. Did you I, see the good follow-up about, uh, about the Raiders? No. The Raiders haven't won a playoff game since 2002. Right. And they have won four playoff games since the Dolphins left playoff win. <laughs> That's, right. Because they went to the Super Bowl that year. Oh, my God. Crazy. Playoff ineptitude. Jim on the Jersey Shore. What's up, Jim? Chris, how you doing, buddy? Good. How are you, bud? I'm all right. So, real quick, two points quick. The Bulls fans hated Kraus for the whole the whole time he was there. The, the, the documentary didn't have really anything to do with it. Secondly, okay, I for you to did, give Cashman, yeah. for you, let me just let me let me talk so I can hang up. For you to give Cashman credit for Bob Watson and Gene Michaels' teams <sighs> that then won four World Series, even though they made him the GM in '98, took over a championship team. Stop it! Come on, oh, really? You can give him the, the, the credit for the 2001 loss. You can give him the credit for what? the 2001 loss and the 2003 what? loss. Oh, we can. can? Why? Why? Why can I give him credit for those? Why does he get credit for the loss? Because he was the actual GM of those. Those were his teams. That well, why were those his, his teams? The team. core four was still all there. It was still the same people. Paul O'Neill was still there in 01. Well, whatever, why? Whatever, whatever. Whatever. Don't. Whatever. Don't no, stop. It's absolute credit. nonsense, Jim. It's absolute nonsense. Series. He was the GM in 98. He He's the credit. GM in 98, 99, 2000. He's the sorry. He gets all three of them. All three of them, Jim. All three of them. That's right. All three of them, Jim. You idiot. All three. 98, 99, 2000. He's the GM. They're his. You don't like it? Tough. Sorry. So stupid. He did nothing to contribute to those teams. Nothing. Nothing. Scott Brocious didn't help those teams. Chuck Knobloch didn't help those teams. El Duque didn't help those teams. Stop. Enough with that. That's That drives me absolutely nuts. He's the GM. No other guy, we no, with no other person do we give that distinction to. No other person, right? Reese, wasn't it Reese's first year when he won with the Giants? He didn't draft Eli Manning. Does anybody not give him credit? Yeah. I mean, come on. Stop. He was the GM. That's how it works. He made a lot of moves for that team. Roger Clemens in 99. He single-handedly... They don't win without trading for David Justice in 2000. Because Derek Jeter was still on the team. When exactly? And then perfect. You can give him credit for 01 and 03. Perfect. You couldn't have made a more fool of yourself. That was perfect. Thank you so much for that extra little bit of idiocy at the end of it. Just to just to in, in, just to really encapsulate what a dumb comment that is. Because because now 01 he gets he gets the credit for the loss. 03 he gets the credit for the loss. When when exactly 
Does he, when, when does he start getting credit? 09? Why give him credit for 09? Jeter's still there. Posada's still there. Why give him credit for that? They get that Gene Stick Michael gets his 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 due. Watson gets his due. No doubt. They're a part of it. They're a part of it. They deserve they deserve credit for those championships. No doubt. Brian Cashman won was a part of those was a part of that staff. He was with the Yankees during that time. And then he's the GM for those championships. Sorry. He brought in players that helped win those teams. It's such a stupid argument. And then he gets credit for the losses. Of course he does. Of course he does. Those were his teams, right? Right. Perfect. You dope. Perfect. I mean, come on. You you can't be serious. That's he's the GM of the team. El Duque didn't help them win. Oh, anyone could have got El Duque. Okay, anyone could have got El Duque. So stupid. I hate that. You guys just don't want to. You, you dislike Cashman so much, you won't even give him what he deserves. He's the GM of those teams. Plain and simple. I hate that. So many people say that. It drives me absolutely bonkers. Nobody else. No, nobody else gets like you know blamed for that. Like no, I, I, it's crazy to me. Crazy. When this happened, you talked about it on the fan. Manning back, steps up, heaves one down the middle of the field, into the end zone, and Mitch makes the catch for the touchdown. He went up with the big hands and caught it on the Hail Mary for the final play of the half. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Last segment of the show. We still have two football games to play. Later today, 4.30, uh, we have Buffalo-Pittsburgh. Uh, and then, of course, at 8.15, Eagles at Tampa. Uh, the first four games, I went 3-1. and one. I think the only game I got wrong was the Cowboys. I really thought they were going to have an easy time with the Packers. I got to admit, I don't, I don't like the Packers. They've opened up. That's the only game we know of next week. Right now, they open it up at a nine. The uh, 49ers are nine and a half point favorites. I kind of like the Niners even at nine and a half. I think the Niners are going to just absolutely. I think the Packers have won their one game, and that'll probably be the end of it. But we still have two games to talk about. We gave you Pittsburgh the other day. So, real quick, Philadelphia at Tampa Bay. Uh, Philly is a two and a half point favorite. And even without A.J. Brown, I'll let Fleegs go second. I'll just go first real quick. Uh, I still I love Philadelphia in this game. I just find it hard to believe right now. Baker Mayfield's banged up a little bit. This is a team that offensively has its moments and stuff. And right now I'm obviously concerned about Philadelphia's defense. They've allowed people to go right down the field on them. You know, losing games to the Cardinals as when they had big leads. Uh, this defense in the secondary has just been atrocious, but I just find it hard to believe that a banged-up Baker Mayfield who scored nine points against Carolina is going to find a way to beat Philadelphia. I think they'll fi- they'll figure out a way to score some points even without AJ Brown. I think they'll run the football. Uh, I'm sure the you know Devontae Smith will have a big time game. Uh, they'll they'll they can run it with Hurts. They'll probably just dominate the line of scrimmage. 
And I think it's just a game that it's tough for the Bucks. I don't love the coach. I don't like really either coaches, but Todd Bowles in a big spot with Baker Mayfield against the team that went to the, to the Super Bowl last year. As much as they're kind of falling apart under Sirianni and banged up a little bit and the defense has been awful, I'll still take that combination over Baker Mayfield and Todd Bowles. So give me the Eagles minus two and a half. Yeah, I'm with you. I think we're all going to have like the same record after this week. Yeah. Uh, I I can't come up with a Just way it. to take the Bucks, and as we've talked all week about Jalen Hurts and he's banged up, so is Baker Mayfield. Yeah. And this Bucks team, they haven't looked good for a few weeks. If no. they're playing anybody except for the worst team in the league, Week 18, they might not win that division. Todd Bowles, you said it, he's awful in big spots. Cannot trust him as a head coach. As if he is Sirianni is, this is a guy in a team that went to the Super Bowl last year. Even without AJ Brown, they have other weapons. I have to think that the Giants game was a little bit of a wake-up call for them. There's so many rumors about what might happen in Philly. It could still get ugly. I think they go. We already saw them go in this year and demolish Tampa Bay. They're capable of it. I think it's an ugly game for them, and they escape, but they cover the line that's now under three points. So give me the Eagles, too. Yep. I I mean, listen, I'd love to see Tampa Bay win the game. I just can't imagine it. And the same thing, I think we both picked the Bills as well, right? Did you pick the Bills? We did have the, the Bills. So did Marco yeah. have the Steelers? Because Marco is also three and one. He had the same picks as you. Okay, he lost the Cowboys. Okay, yeah. I don't know. I gotta go back and listen. I, th- I, th- I thought he had the Bills. He might have taken. No, he might have taken the Steelers. Right? I think he was talking about the Bills don't blow anybody out. Yeah, he took the Steelers. Right? He had this whole big rant about he doesn't think they could blow anybody out. And he has the Eagles with us, so that'll be the game that decides. That's the game that decides first place it for, for the for, postseason for now. For now. Uh, again, looking forward to that Bills game. I don't know what the weather's going to be like. I don't, I don't know what the the the, the park is going to look like. You saw, obviously, footage of, of guys sliding down the snow slide with no shirt on. That Bills Mafia, they deserve a win. And I don't listen, I don't trust the Steelers at all. I, I just don't trust them at all. A great coach. He'll have them ready and prepared. But I just think the Bills are vastly superior. And especially in this weather, I'll take Allen any day of the week. I, th- I expect him to have a big game, probably running the football too. I think that might be one of my uh, prop bets, uh, Allen over rushing yards. If they lose to Mason Rudolph, That's... is that more embarrassing, with even with the weather? Is that more embarrassing than the Cowboys? Jordan lose... loves at least a start. He is. Yeah, yeah, he's, and he's, he's a legit player, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, you could argue that. You could argue that. They haven't been as down. I know they ended up with the two seed here, and they won 11 games, but... They haven't been, the, the Cowboys have been so dominant, especially in that building, that it's it'll be tough to top that that despicable performance. But yeah, listen, if they get blown out, if the if the if the if the Steelers win thirty five to ten, yeah, that's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. Again for the Bills, same thing. That I I bet you you're talking about coaching fires. Uh, I bet you McDermott would be in trouble. I know he had this great rally the end of the season, even after the that. Um, his reference to 9-11 in a speech, which, by the way, went nowhere. Did you, ever see, did you ever see a story die faster than that story? That's That was just weird. They went on a winning streak right after that, and they've rallied here to get to the two seed, win the division yet again. But if they lose this game, I could see them making a change of coach and add that to the list. Belichick and, Buff- uh, Belichick and Buffalo. Coach and Josh Allen, not bad. <laughs> not bad. All of a sudden, even I Brian Dable might be like, I- I'm yeah. good New York, see ya. <laughs> yeah, I'm going true. north and west. That's true. Yeah, that's true. But no, I mean, Belichick to stick it to New England, that'd be tremendous. Oh, that's that's what I'm rooting for now. 
right, let's get to the calls real quick. Mike in Lower East Side. What's up, Mike? Hey, how's it going, guys? What's up, man? How are you? Uh, well, I just barely woke up, so what do you want to talk about? <laughs> you called me. What do you want to talk about? How the Giants can beat anybody when they got the right coaches, the right players. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. And, and right- I, I feel that way about almost anyone. I got to be honest with you. I, I I totally agree. I think if you have the right players and the right coaches and the right scheme and, you know, everything right, I think there's a good chance you could probably win no matter who you play, especially if you play someone with the wrong players and the wrong coaches. See, that's the key. It's not just having the right players and the right coaches. Sometimes you need the other team to have the wrong players and the wrong coaches. See, now you're going a little overboard with the hot take. Yeah, I know. Better players, better yeah. coach. A hot take huckster, that's me. Uh, yeah, that was an interesting call. But listen, right now, we've seen a lot of teams with the wrong coach, with the wrong players and the wrong uh, coaches. It's hard to argue that the Dallas Cowboys right now, if you look at them, have the wrong quarterback and have the wrong head coach. Now, one will obviously be remedied, or at least attempted to be remedied because McCarthy is going to lose his job. There's no question about it. He's done. So now what do they do at the quarterback position? Because quite honestly, I've seen enough from Dak. It's it's not it's just can you pay him? Can you give him another contract? I know quarterbacks are hard to come by. They're they've won 12 games. They're going to be at the bottom of the draft. They're not going to have an opportunity to draft one of these uh, big time prospects drafting where they're drafting, but you maybe you could figure something out. Maybe you could make a trade. Maybe you could do something. But I can't give him another contract, and I certainly am not doing it this year. He's going to have to play out this contract and see if he earns the next deal. If he and you know, I understand he could hold out, but I'm not giving Dak a penny after this. Not after that performance. Not after this team yet again falls on its face the same way it has year after year. In the first round against the Packers? You win this division, you get the two seed, you're guaranteed two home games in a building you don't lose in, and you give that performance and lose and throw that pick six and have no ability to get to get on terms with the one player that you guys have been as dynamic a duo as any in the NFL? That's an unacceptable performance from the quarterback. Unacceptable. I know he said after the game he played like crap. And he takes responsibility. That's beyond playing like crap. That's that's un, that's inexp- he didn't miss a couple throws. He didn't know what the hell to do with his. He didn't know how to get Lamb the ball. That's that's the only that's the one guarantee you have. The one guarantee this team has had week in and week out is getting Lamb the ball. How did they not know how to do it in the most important game of the year? How is that plausible? How is that even possible? Never mind that. I mean, the pick six is atrocious. Uh, the everything, taking a sack when all he has to do is throw the ball out of bounds. Like, good lord, so he just makes decisions. They play like a when they when they play these games, they play like a stupid football team. I mean, you can count on it year after year. Dak's going to throw a bad interception. Dak's going to take a bad sack. The team's going to play stupid. And added the element of the defense having one of the worst performances I've ever seen. Just guys running wide open. I mentioned earlier that the the tight end caught it was it was he was fielding a punt. Nobody was around him. He changed direction, came back on an underthrown ball, 
caught it, turned around, and ran 15 yards before I saw the first Cowboy on screen. How is that possible? I mean, everyone's got to go. And I don't know if Dan Quinn just cost himself a job in Seattle. That's how bad and ugly this performance is from that team. Jerry Jones called it the biggest disappointment of his uh, tenure with the Cowboys. It's hard to argue. But we got two more games tonight. Looking forward to them. 8-7. Done with that. Done with the phone number. See you guys later. I'm out of here. I'm exhausted. I'm going to go home and get some sleep. Too much golf simulator. That's what I said. Too much. I got you tomorrow at uh, 2 o'clock after the games and after Keith. We'll have more games to react to. We'll get more into the Aaron Rodgers stuff and what the Giants should do. We'll get more into Yankees as we get through the week. We've got plenty to do over the week, but we'll start and continue with reaction to Wild Card Weekend. We'll have every matchup set up for the Divisional Series. We've got plenty to do all week to do it. I'll catch you again 2 a.m. I'm out of here. Enjoy the warm-up show coming up next. See you guys. Sports Radio 101.9 FM. WFNG.